the ultimate super coach and fantasy sports show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. G'day guys and welcome back to the Insight NRL show. We are live for the final Sunday sesh, the last Sunday sesh of the year to talk about all things round 26 of NRL Supercoach. The show is brought to you by Ryan from Astute Newstead and the Standard Squeeze and I am the Supercoach Brain and I am joined by my co-host, the Supercoach Matrix. Matty, last week of the year, mate, did we bring it home with a wet sail or what? Yeah, it wasn't. It actually wasn't too bad of a round. Like for for what we got served with the wake up, having a look at a lot of the um, the comps that we were in, uh, we had some pretty good scores. You you a lot, I suppose, more so than me. That's great. What a what yeah, a week. I mean, it's it's kind of like what why why do I care? You know, like we're we're in the last week. I, I wasn't in the running for overall, so it didn't matter. I don't really worry. It doesn't bother me about my overall score, but it's it's nice, like from a pride perspective. As a podcaster, you know, we get judged every single week on our overall rank. Everyone asks us where we're at overall. I got I, I got three messages this week specifically about where I'm ranked. So it's it's nice to be able to find out, like, okay, hopefully I'm going to get maybe in the top 2,000 for the year. So... Um, <laughs> That's we'll talk good. about our. You can, um, you, can, you can wear it like a medal. I know it's going to be so People. good to say that I was like twenty two thousandth. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> All people just ask me how many beers I drank during the um, <laughs> during the episode. So is that about the same as your rank, twenty two thousandth? Yeah, something like that. I was going <laughs> to. I said during a show. No, my rank isn't seventh. Um, <laughs> Mate, you'd be number one in terms of beers drunk for the Supercoach season. There is no doubt yeah. in my mind. <laughs> no, uh, no Supercoach podcast drinks as much as me. Put it on a bumper <laughs> sticker. Yeah, I love that. Um, mate, we'll we'll talk about what went well this week. We'll talk about scores. But like, honestly, this is one of those weeks where we'll just talk about maybe what went right. Uh, we'll celebrate what went right. We'll have a look at the season and go, what were the moves that we're actually really happy with? Maybe what are the moves we're not happy with? Uh, we'll talk about maybe some scoring changes we'd make for 2024 if we were in charge of Supercoach. Um, some things that maybe would make things uh, a little bit easier for NRL Supercoach next year. Uh, we'll also talk about our best and worst trades and the things that we're happy and really unhappy with uh, this year in terms of lessons learned maybe for things that we would do a little bit different next year. And uh, we'll talk about maybe some scoring changes as well, which is interesting. So, you know, would we increase or decrease the scoring on forwards? Would we look at maybe some different scoring methods for long breaks, for try assists, for tries? Um, and lastly, mate, we'll talk about maybe some players that are on the radar that we're looking at for next year. There is a fair Hot bit source. to talk about. Yeah, honestly, my, the excitement for Angus Crichton and Sean Lane for me is at an all-time high. I'm looking at these both of these guys and I'm like, fuck, get them in my team for 2024. And you're probably noticing my voice is a little bit off this week. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been battling a uh, bit of a flu this weekend. 
thanks again to this to my son for bringing that home for me for for daycare. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping my voice fucking holds out for me for this show. But we'll see how we go. Might, might sound a bit like Darren Lockyer for the weekend. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Um, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It was fucking great from him. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. He uh, he didn't tell me because he's ten months old and he can't speak yet. So. <laughs> Hey, uh, that's the first time I've heard that this weekend aside from my wife. So thanks, Matty. Appreciate that. Yeah, um, all good. Uh, guys, obviously let us know your scores from the weekend as well. Uh, yeah, Luke Roden, tipsy brain. I wish. I wish it was tipsy brain. Um, we've got a few guys on as well. Uh, Josh asking if you want a beer, Matty. Yeah, that um, could be pretty important, oh, this this show. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually all good at the moment. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, good. We'll we'll give him a shout out, maybe to the end of the yeah. at the end of the show. Maybe I, I was going to say to the end of the show, but maybe we should say maybe in the first ten minutes. I'll give you a shout out when you need another one. Yeah. 100%. How'd you go on the week? How'd you go this weekend, mate? How how things finish up with you? Uh nine nine nine. So a thousand with thirteen players. Look, put the VC on Cleary, and then um, went to a wedding. And was happy with um, with Cleary. Um, it was a big weekend, actually. But was happy with Cleary as VC. But then apparently I don't have basically anyone playing in these other games. I thought, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll be able to loot. Don't have anyone playing in these last couple games, despite having like 10 out or whatever I did. And I couldn't loot. So I kept the C on for feeder. And, um, yeah, so it could have been a bit more. Um, in my head, I thought that I'd have a free loot. But at this time of the year, when you're busy, first weekend of spring, um, yeah, we had we had the carnival of flowers up where I was, and we had a had a wedding, and we had a um a touch football grand final, and everything like that. So it got away from me. I made a poor mistake, and probably cost me a hundred points. Really, you know what? It's it's fucking the third of September. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, exactly. Like uh, <laughs> you're not in a grand final. The beauty of overall is that round twenty seven doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't, yep. it doesn't count to anything. If you're in the run for overall, fuck, I really hope so. Like, I really hope you yeah. are if you're watching us. Um, and, and you'd be all over it. And if you're in the top 1,000, Matty, I'm, I'm sure you'd probably be all over it as well. But when you're not, like, yep. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter too yep. much whether you finish 3,000 or 5,000. So, um, you know, and a lot of people were decimated. We, we talked on Tuesday about how tough this week was going to be, how, uh, how many players, teams look like they had. And it looks like around twelve to thirteen players was a was really good, was a, a actually an incredible position to be in. Uh, I think most teams. Correct me if I'm wrong. Probably. How many did you have for the weekend? Did you end up having any more than twelve or thirteen? Yeah, I had thirteen in the end. So um, yeah, I thought I might have scraped through a little bit with uh, Willie Army and uh, Joey Manu, maybe getting a little bit of a run. But realistically, yeah, finished on thirteen. So yeah, I somehow finished on 16 players i had a few people on twitter hit me up and go how the fuck do you have 16 men like how have you honestly mate luck there's nothing yeah, else that's all it was. that plays into consideration there but luck like i mean we pick guys i i picked valence tavare who got brought in late into the dolphins team uh, so that was an additional player that was available for me. I had Eli Katoa available that got ended up taken out late out of the storm squad. Um, so I kind of ended up even there. I mean, I had Munster, I had Welsh, I had Manu, Ty Munro, Chans, uh, Tohu Harris, uh, and I also had Ponga. So yeah. I had, I missed a lot of the 
kind of players that were available, but I also didn't really get caught on a lot of players that weren't. Um, kind of lucky. I also got yeah. stuck with Tarpany, who got 35. I got stuck with Marnie, who got 23. Uh, Drinkwater, yep. who got 29. And Alex Johnson, who got 24. So I didn't exactly have the week that, you know, everybody thought I probably had. But I finished with 13-13. So a nice way to finish the year. A nice way to kind of wrap things up for the year. Uh, I definitely didn't come top 1,000. I didn't kind of exceed expectation in terms of where I thought I'd come. But 13-13 on a shitty week is is nice. So yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, well played. Well played there. On honestly, yeah, I think a a lot of this was just luck this week, uh, which is disappointing for the overall uh, for the yeah. guys hunting. Um, and I know we've probably got to bring it up. The guy that was first after getting thrown all these curveballs didn't have any trades finished, and uh, we're waiting for I suppose lockout and that to end to know exactly who won, but I'd be very surprised. I, I know he was 150 points up or something, but when other people sitting in eighth have two trades and a boost, uh, three trades and a boost, um, yeah, it would have been pretty hard to uh, not get done. But hopefully he got lucky. Um, or, you know what, if Stephen Bradbury come through and, and won from spot 15 or something, then, hey, they played the game, they saved the uh, they saved the trades. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I got a little bit crucified on Twitter uh, saying that eighth deserved to win. And look, I, I still half stand by that. I mean, look, I, I've had a chance over the weekend to have a think about maybe what I said. And <coughs> when you when you think about like the first was he was in first place since round 13 or round 12. Yep. That's before the buyers. That is, that is incredibly impressive. Um, so when you think about somebody who's in first place for 15 rounds, that they deserve to win, they deserve to win super coach. It's 50 K on the line. It's not just like an extra K or two. It's 50 grand, man. Like that is a lot of money. So we, we can't just go and sniff at that and go, ah, yeah, tough luck. Um, regardless of whether it's 500 bucks or 50 K, we've got to say, yeah, this guy deserved to win. Um, but in saying that, like full props to eighth because he's the only one in the top 10 that had trades left. He had two trades and a boost. It was sorry, three trades, including a boost left. So full props to him. I I say that he still deserves to win because when you go and you keep three trades for the final round, when everybody else went and threw their trades against the wall and hopefully shit stuck, Hey, that's on you. You made that, you took that risk. You know, you took the risks and, and you hope that round 27 had no try and no uh, trade carnage and it did. So yep. just because you had 11 or 12 players and everybody else had eight doesn't mean that you're less prepared. doesn't mean yep. that you, you should be in less of a position to win the comp. So you should have kept your trades available. So I'd be very interested. In, and for people that are watching online, uh, let us know what you think about that because what we've got our opinions and we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe things some that could change next year. If this comes up again, we'll talk about that, but I'd be very interested to see how people feel about that. Cause it's a very contested topic, Matty. Um, yep. I'm not quite sure what think about it, but uh, it seems a Twitter, the Twitter sphere, we'll call it. Uh, it seems a little bit passionate about the fact that first should have held onto a wolf pack, which I do. I do. I do feel sorry for him. Yeah. And um, maybe it's just a point to bring it up a little bit early. You sort of mentioned that 
maybe what could they do to change it? Well, they could do what head-to-head finals maybe do and just finish on round 26 as well. They could. Yep. Yeah, there's a few options. We'll talk about them soon, mate. But uh, we didn't make trades this week. We would normally talk about our trades at this point. We didn't make any. We ran out. We just went. We went ham, as you'd call it, for uh, the head finals. Uh, so we thought we'd have a crack. But um, before, mate, before we dive into uh, a few different topics that we'd talk about for the final year, we're not going to actually talk about what happened this weekend. No one gives a shit. Let's be honest. No one cares yep. about whether Scotty Drinkwater got 29 or, or whatever it be. Everybody just wants to know about next year and about our thoughts about how things are going to go next year. But before we do that, mate, we'll, we'll talk, we'll give a shout out to Ryan from Astute News said, who sponsors the show. We're very happy to work with Ryan specifically, but um, guys, for, for anybody who wants to get a little bit more information potentially about, uh, you know, refinancing their mortgage, maybe you want to refinance your mortgage. Maybe you want to talk about maybe, uh, from a business perspective, uh, getting a, getting a loan there. Uh, maybe you want to know whether your rates are a little bit too high. If you are a, a homeowner, maybe you want to know which bank, which bank is the best, uh, is your dream home affordable? There, there's plenty of questions when it comes to the world of finance and you don't have to worry anymore because we're luckily partnered with Ryan uh, and you can have a chat with him. He will give you confidential lending assistance with absolutely no obligations at all. So uh, you don't need to be pigeonholed into one lender. He's actually got 50 lenders uh, on panel, which is awesome. And, and specifically, I can talk to this and I know you can too, Matty. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't charge a, a fee like other brokers, which I think is a really good peace of mind. You know, you do, you never know what these guys are going to come up with. You never know who you're going to go to and they're going to, what, what they're going to say to you. And specifically I can, I can talk to Ryan's experience uh, and, and Ryan's help as well. Cause he helped us refinance our mortgage, mate. He, he, yep. he uh, helped my wife and I, and uh, we managed to lock in a rate before the RBA started hiking up those cash rate prices. Uh, and you know, that helped us massively. So uh, for anybody who wants to get in touch with Ryan or wants to sort out their rates, you can get in contact with him on 0431766784, or you can hit him up on Instagram at Ryan Astute Newstead as well. So just let him know the code insight, let him know we sent you and, uh, and he'll definitely look after you. It won't cost you a thing. He'll, he'll give you a bit of a rundown on what you need, uh, to, to sort out your interest rates or if it's a business loan, it's a personal loan. Uh, he'll look after you there as well, mate. But you've worked with him personally as well. Give us a bit of a rundown on on Ryan and how he helped you. Yeah, no, good guy. Just um, was having a beer with him. Asked him, asked him what he did. Explain what he did. I said, actually, I want an offset for my home, and um, my bank currently can't offer that. And um, yeah, he saved me money every week. I just changed banks. I don't have time to go to. 40 different lenders or whatever, whatever he does. He doesn't charge a fee. Um, <coughs> he gets paid from the banks. So, um, yeah, he just, he just goes to work, goes to bat for you and, um, and gets your result. Um, and it doesn't cost anything. If you can't get your result, if you can't get you a better interest rate than what you are, you're in exactly the same position you are. Um, yeah, just give him a shot. Good shot. Good shot. At the end of the day, if he can't help you, I'll let you know he can't help you and you know, yeah, yeah. push on. You know, there's, there's absolutely zero risk getting involved and, and working with Ryan. So get, hit him up. He'll look after you. Um, mate, normally we would talk about the scores. Normally we go, yep. oh, you know, like, well, well, let's talk about the Panthers versus the Cowboys. And we, we don't care. No one cares yep. this week. Oh, um, are you kidding me? 
You don't want to talk about Jack Howarth for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> Mate, do I really want to talk about Do you want to talk about Jack Howarth against the Broncos? No, but I just thought you might want to. Oh, I have zero care for Jack Howarth. The, the, full credit to him. He got 44 super coach points. Good on you. You know, that he yep. averaged 44 for the year. One of the great cash cows. Um, yeah. But I have zero, zero interest in talking about Jack Howarth. But for me, you know, there's a few things I want to talk about for the final show. And I would love people to buy in on this because we've got, I mean, we've got a few people online right now watching, but um, I'd love people to give out, give their thoughts as we go through these topics. And the first one is, what would you do to solve the final round restings fiasco? Because it's, it's been a very <laughs> large topic of contention. It's everyone's angry. Everyone's pissed off. Uh, the guy Wolfpack in in first is is quite angry on Twitter about how things played out. And look, I, I completely I've heard he's already spent him. his fifty k. I know. Uh, so he's got to ask Ryan. He's got to ask Ryan for a <laughs> for a loan now. And uh, I don't know whether Ryan can help him. So that, that's a tough spot to be in. But um, what? Let, let me ask you this: What would you do next year? Was there any changes you would make? Are you saying tough titties? Are you saying yeah, unlucky? Or, well, or would, that, are there changes you should make? Look, Dem's the rules now. Right now, it's just tough bickies, Wolfpack. Um, but what I would do is either finish the season in round 26 because, honestly, most super coaches have lost interest now. Um, you know what? Five weeks ago, we would have had 100 people live now. We've got 10. So that's just how people are watching Supercoach at the moment. Um, they've lost the interest because of all these restings and everything. So that extra week, you know, Supercoach isn't gaining any extra traction or everything. Most people have clocked off. Most podcasters aren't doing it. Uh, most guys aren't even doing their trades. Or you get um, for the final three weeks, like NRL Fantasy, they pop in and give you some extra trades during the year. Three weeks out from the season, you get 10 trades or something. Uh, four weeks out from the season, you get 10 trades. Maybe that's – maybe three weeks out is like six. Yeah. Six yeah, trades, three weeks, two two free trades every week um, to, to finish your season. Maybe if you'd lost interest from round 19, you come back for a little bit. So, you know, super coach get a bit of a, a boost from that, but it just creates a bit of interest, and that can be – I don't care. That can be outside of head-to-heads. You can finish your head-to-head season in round, say, 25 and then have the extra trade so that they don't have head-to-head implications. I don't know. Just an idea. No, I I, I do agree with you on that. I think um, there's – it's really hard to kind of go and say, yep, this is going to happen every year. You know, like, it, it, is this really going to happen every year? It's situational. Like. Yep. Do we know where the Penrith? I mean, honestly, everyone thought Penrith was going to rest all their players this week, and they they're the yeah. only team that didn't. And then um, you go and look at Melbourne, you look at Brisbane, you look at the Warriors. Even this week is crazy the amount of players that they rested. Uh, that the basically three of the top four teams rested all of their relevant Supercoach players this year. So is that going to happen every single year? No, it's not. Of course it's fucking not. There's no way in the world that this is going to happen every single year. But in saying that. There's a precedent set now, you know. Like yeah. I, th- I think now there's a precedent where it's like, okay, this could happen, and maybe it won't, but it could. And um, unfortunately, you know, Wolfpack might be the guy that sets the example or cops it this year, 
for a guy that was in first place for 13, 14, 15 rounds and doesn't win because one, yes, he didn't get trades, but two, there was unprecedented restings this year. Yeah. And you've got to give him that. You've got to say, look, honestly, there was nothing that's ever happened this year or any year in super coaches like this. <coughs> and, um, that's kind of why I feel sorry for him. That's why I kind yep. of like, I'm like, you know what? That's, that's rough. Um, but in saying that, Hey, keep some fucking trades in your pocket. I think people would have, and this is my take. People would have felt a lot more sorry for him and gone into bat for him a lot fucking more if he had two trades in his pocket. Yep. The fact that he had no trades or, you know, someone else had three trades and, and had a boost involved and he had none. I mean, that's probably why but, people didn't feel as bad. And we don't know the full results. Honestly, they would might have used their boost and stuff to nuff someone to get Scotty Drinkwater in and, you know, the rest is history. Um, yeah. Yeah, versus getting Daily Cherry Evans, who got yeah. 100 million. You know, like yeah. it, who who knows what's going to happen and how these final results are going to be uh, going to be affected. I mean, hey, mind you, I uh, vice captain Hamoli Olakawatu this week, which was an absolute fluke. It's a flash in yeah. the pan. He scored the fucking highest score that a second rower has ever scored in Supercoach this week, and I just happened to vice captain him for his hundred and seventy-seven. So, Did, is that is that genius Supercoaching? No, it is not. It is luck. It's dumb luck. But did yeah. you you captain him in draft too, didn't you? Yeah, I, did. I just doubled did, down on him. I thought. Did you win DC? Draft? Uh oh, surely. I actually haven't checked. Let me live update. <laughs> Hang on, live update. There's a couple of hundred bucks on the line here. I haven't checked. Uh, but if I if I haven't, I'm very upset. Uh, yeah. I got one thousand and seventy nine in draft nine fifty eight. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I won. Oof. Uh, and I tell you what, Jacob, I was the clear number two all year. You sort of come through like Stephen Bradbury there at the end. And Jacob yeah. was, he had an elite squad. By far, he was the best team. By far. Yeah. When you when you look at total points scored throughout the year, you said you were second at 19,172 points. He scored 20,690. Yeah. And yeah. by far, he was a better team. Uh yeah, I do. Actually, I feel a little bit bad. I'm going to take the money. I'm not going to say no. But maybe I donate to charity. Maybe I donated to yep. charity this year because there's no way in the world I I deserve to win that. I had guys <laughs> like Mo Fodawaker, Tyrell Sloan. I had Harrison Graham. I, I mean, yeah, good waiver moves. I had Sean O'Sullivan yep. this week who scored 78, and I kind of looped him in because Ellie Katoa didn't play. Uh, yep. I, I picked up Josh Curran late, and he got 80. Uh, I had Sam Walker and I held him all year for 76. I had Ben Terboyevich, Ter who got 40. But I captain Hamoli Olakawatu. He got me 350 in, in draft. Yep. In saying that, he had Tolu Kola, who got 188. And yep. Nico Hines. So, you know, like, <coughs> it's, just, it's just a luck game. Yep. It, honestly, it's a luck game. So, you know, full credit to for Jacob. He he played really well. And he's one of the guys that plays with us on 2K and gets involved. He plays with the clinic on ANZPL. Like, he, he's a good bloke. And uh, I feel sorry for him a little bit. But uh, maybe maybe we do some good things with the cash that we won. Yep. Sounds good. Um, let's move on to a different topic. What, um, what do we got? We're going to head into mate, some players for next year? 
I'm no, I, I let's leave that for a little bit later, but I, I'm very interested to know what your best and worst trades were this year, mate, because we made some good moves and we made some stinkers. Uh, we publicized every move we made and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the yep. fact that we, uh, we, we basically said, you know what, what well, everything that we do, we'll tell everybody about it. And we copped a bit of flack about Hudson Young. We copped a bit of flack about a few other moves. Uh, but mate, we got some right. So talk yep. to me about your best move, your best trade, the trade you're most proud of or, or happy of this year. Probably going early on, on Buller at 200K. Yep. And, um, and yeah, just riding him into the sunset and like straight swapping him to, let me double check exactly. This is great television here. Um, swapping him straight back into um, Valentine Holmes later on in the year. Didn't work out the way that I hoped. Um, but yeah, allowed me to get Valentine Holmes later on in the year, um, after getting him for 200 K and making $511,900 out of him. Stop it. That's a little bit excited here. Uh, that, that's very nice. And uh, now he's worth 450 K. So sold him at 711 and now he's worth 450 K. So bought him at exactly the right time. Sold him at exactly the right time. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, whether trading out Marju after a week was a good call or bad call, it got me, it got me 120k. Um, yeah, whether like I wasn't to know that I had to trade Holmes out, um, for that poor Origin period where he played one game in five, I should have kept him because he scored about 170 that one game he played. Um, yeah, look. Um, some of those were bad luck, but I think getting Buller and just keeping him was my best play. Yeah. You went a week early on Buller. I mean, in comparison to me, uh, I yep. got Buller at 282. So I yep. waited a week on Buller. I'm like, Oh, fullback is a premium position. Uh, you know, everyone was so fixated on the fact that you need to have two guns at fullback. People didn't realize the fact that potentially Buller was a gun. And, yep. uh, you know, you could have played Buller every single week that he played until probably five, six, seven hundred K. I think he reached, correct me if I'm wrong, did he reach 700 K at one point? Yeah. I sold him at 712, 711. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, um, <laughs> I got him at 282. So I left it a week. I thought, oh, I'll give it another week. I wanted to see four weeks of what he was worth. And, um, as a Tiger supporter, mate, I had a permanent erection watching this bloke play. <laughs> He's so fucking good, man. Like, I'm I'm such a big fan of Jareen Buller, and I think, um, you know, if the Tigers can hold on to him, they can build something pretty special around him. Fuck, yeah. I hope they can. Um, my my best move, mate, was Clint Gutherson in round nine, funnily enough. Yeah, you know, right. Gutho isn't, isn't really the guy that you would think, <laughs> oh, look – yeah, I'm going to get this guy in, you know, like he's uh, one of the guys that's always there and thereabouts most years. He's he's in the yep. top five fullbacks. You know, everyone looks at him and goes, oh, I might get Gutho if the Eels go on a good run. And normally they don't. Normally they think, oh, it's cool. I'll, I'll just let Gutho slide. This year, mate, it, I, when I grabbed him in round nine and then I sold him, I'm just looking at my trade history now, I sold him in round 22. Uh, so I bought him for nine uh, six hundred and ninety six thousand, and sold him for nine hundred and four k. So yeah. I basically made two hundred and ten k from Gutho, uh, and that's what you call a premium fullback. Uh, so making three two hundred and ten k from someone like that, he averaged ninety two points for me across that period. Like 
that's a that's that's what you want in Supercoach. You want to pick guys up for yeah. runs, right? If so you're spending six hundred k, you want results, and six hundred k, you got ninety a week. How yeah. fucking great! Yeah. So I sold Turbo to Gutho um, when Turbo. Yeah. Uh, was just around that kind of origin period where we thought, oh, maybe Turbo's going to play New South Wales, and he did, uh, which was great. So selling him for five ninety four, I paid a hundred k up to get Gutho. I found a hundred thousand dollars in my budget to get Gutho in, and it and it paid out. So um, there, I'm, that's probably my best move, mate. What about your worst? I know, I know it's tough because we made some pretty shitty moves this year. To be fair, uh, the, the problem is we talked about them all, so everybody can rip yep. on us for for all of the moves that we made. And um, that's the, the downside or the upside from doing a podcast, mate. What, what's your least favorite or the one that you're really kind of ashamed of most? Um, I swapped out. I traded in and out Hopgood like a lot this year. Um, but probably I went for high upside. So in round five, I added Keon Kolomatangi. And um, I think he got a bit banged up through that period too. But I ended up trading him out in round eight because of the run that the um, that Souths were having through the buy period. And I just I kept him for four weeks, so I wasted trades. I lost a hundred k, and um, and he did absolutely nothing for me. So yeah, just something like that, which was like a a dumb enough of a trade. Like I've wasted two trades getting him in, getting him out. Um, you know, found myself short at the end of the year by having to trade him in and out a few times, and he gave me absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've. I'd like to say that that's worse than mine, but I don't know whether it is. I've fucking burnt two trades on the one player. Three trades, sorry, on the one player, Jacob Carraz. Uh He scored five. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I got him in round three when he was the next coming of Jesus. Uh, 567500 I bought him in for. I actually traded out Brian Toll, who I started with, who finished with a real wet sail uh, to get Jacob Karaz in because he was going to be the next big thing. Now, I did that. Not not super happy with it. Um, I traded him out round eight for six hundred and fifty thousand. Now he he made some good scores and he, he did pretty well over that time, about five rounds time. So I had him for five rounds. Traded him out for six fifty k, which ends up being about a hundred thousand profit, roughly give or take. Uh, so I traded him out to get Joey Manu back in, who was going to come back in and and who was going to do amazing things. We know what Joey Manu can do. Uh, traded Joey Manu in, Karaz out then. Then we got to round 14 and I go, oh, you know what? I'm going to trade Jesse Ramian, who was a big pod mm-hmm. for me, 495K. I'm going to trade him out and get <laughs> Jacob Karaz in his 486K. You know, I did this a week early. A week early. Yep. And it was the dumbest move of the year for me. And this is what happens. And it's a perfect message to people that go early on a player or get a player in early. If it's maybe it's their buy round, which it was for Jacob Karaz. He played round 16 and round 19. So the move was I'm going to have a guy for the major buy period for the next two rounds. Uh, so the Bulldogs went on buyers. They had a couple of buyers late in the year, but that didn't bother me. So I went and thought, you know what? I like Jacob Karaz. He's looking good. He had a 69 and a 71 in the two games that he played back from injury. And uh, I got him back in. And then uh, guess what I did, Matty? I, I traded him out the next round because he went and had an elbow tendon injury uh, at training. Thanks, thanks, uh, Gus Gould and Bulldogs <laughs> or whoever it was that liked to run their players into the ground. Uh, he had a, yeah, he had an injury at training and didn't play that week that I got him in. 
And uh, I traded him back out the next round. And uh, yeah, it was not good. Not good at all. Not not happy with that one at all. That's probably one of my low lights, I think, when it comes to, to Supercoach this year is, is Jacob Carraz wasted three trades on one player and I wouldn't recommend doing it. Yep. Yeah, look, I, I suppose he was the best at the start. I sort of got onto him and then traded him out and then um and then ended up um just I really wanted him and then I just couldn't get him in that next week and then suddenly he was injured. I was like, oh dodge that bullet. Um so yeah, mm. look, not the worst. You can't really um I suppose account for injury though. It wasn't because he was in terrible form. He was in great form at the start of the year. He dropped price. You would have been kicking yourself if you didn't hop on him. So yeah, I think so. And it could have been one of the great moves if I <laughs> went early and it worked out perfectly. Because I had moves, yep. I had trades planned the next week. So, like, if I go back and quickly have a look at my app, uh, Karaz out, 486. So, the next week I boosted. And I, I had, obviously, moves in my head. I, I got Ponga in that week at 579K. So, that that was yep. a worthwhile move in itself. I traded out Nathan Cleary to Ponga. Um, I yep. traded out Dylan Brown. I got Isaiah Papali in as a bit of a pod and then Hosking to Moses. So like those three moves in itself, two of those are crackers. So I'm not, I'm not yep. overly upset about it. Um, but it, it's just, yeah, it's a waste. Of, it's a, it's a bit of a waste of a trade going early. I would have made another move the week before if I had known yep. or if I had more information, but anyway, that's okay. That's super coach. Um, mate, any other kind of trades you wanted to talk about or any other moves that you made that you're happy with? Uh, not really. I um, traded out a Sarko when I probably should have kept him. <coughs> I probably should have backed myself on a Sarko a bit earlier. I did have an inkling, um, we said in our pre-game, uh, pre-season show, um, that he was somebody that I was looking at that I thought could have a really big year for the Dolphins, even though I thought the Dolphins were going to be terrible. Um, and, yeah, probably just like trading out Warbrick at 400K. He's probably just somebody I could have kept on my bench um, probably wasn't worth the 200k I made out of him to trade him out because I could have played him on matchups. He got some really good, I suppose, points on matchups. I think it's just um, when you go back and look at things like that, you just start to go, well, 400k, it's like, yes, 200k means a lot to me at this moment. But in the grand scheme of things, that 200k, whoever I wasted a trade going Warbrick to, let's, let's have a look. <laughs> When I traded out Warbrick, um, actually, yeah, like I went to like Tyrell Sloan or someone like that. Like with a bit of patience, I could have just sat there on my hands, saved a trade and used Warbrick in situations all year rather than, you know, whoever I actually ended up finishing the season with. So You would have been, you would have been stoked having Warbrick when he got his hat-trick, was it, two weeks ago? He got a hat-trick yep. against uh, the Dragons, I think it was. Um, before yep. Dallin Wintani Zalesniak went and got 18 or something. Um, yeah. Everyone was really excited about that. So it's uh, it's a funny game, isn't it? Like it, no one's <laughs> picking Warbrick to go and rip them up. And then yep. uh, everyone's picking Dallin to go and tear them apart down the right edge. And um, it went the opposite. Kind of funny game. You probably still would have played Warbrick against the Dragons though. So yeah. if you had him you probably still would have done it. So, again, just by holding fire, not being so trigger happy, I probably could have had Warbrick. I know everybody probably could have had Warbrick, but as a super 
coach podcaster, I wish that I was the guy that put my hand up and said, hey, I know this guy looks like a cash cow right now, but he's actually really fucking good. Um, let's yeah. just hold on to him. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, mate, let's tackle some questions. We've got some comments coming through. We're gonna, we haven't touched any since the uh, the start of the pod, so we'll, we'll rip through a few of these. Mark's on, Rob's on, which is great. Rob's obviously a co-host of the AFL show, but he's also doing a bit of NBL stuff with you as well, mate. So give us a bit of a rundown on what's happening in the NBL at the moment. You and Rob uh, just launched your first episode the other night. NBL Supercoach has kicked off for the first time ever. So uh, give us a bit of a rundown, mate. What's the plan moving forward? Mate, NBL Supercoach is exciting because it's so friendly. Now that I've um, now that I've taken some time and delved into the scoring, NBL Fantasy was fucking hard to get into because like your people would like miss a shot and you would lose points. There's like no negative yeah. points except for turnovers. So you're watching it. You can actually see them score points and you know that you're going to score points. And I think it leads to the best offensive players being the best fantasy, the best super coach players. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. I've always watched NBL, but not, I've played NBL fantasy for a couple years and sort of just didn't like the format. I love super coach, obviously. Um, so I'm just really excited for what they're going to do there. You know, it's going to be a one, a one a week show or a, or a two a week show. Um, we've got a guest coming in that finished 35th last year. Um, he's one of my good mates who I used to coach with. Um, He's probably going to be helping us, I suppose, get a head start in NBL. We're sort of stepping in as the super coach experts. And I know a lot about basketball being a part of the NBA show and being playing fantasy for years there. Realistically, we're just going to get into it. We're going to get stuck in. We're going to bring in some NBL fantasy experts first to help everybody through the transition. And um, yeah, have a good year watching watching basketball and watching Supercoach some more. And you win a car if you win NBL Supercoach. So let me help you get an ASX. Absolutely. I'm more than keen to get a car. Um, I'm going to be watching the show. I'm not a big NBL guy. I've, I've never really avidly followed the NBL. I love my NBA. <laughs> But um, never followed Australian basketball that closely. I know a few other players, but not a lot. So I'm looking forward to the shows. Um, I've made my draft team. I'm, I'm kind of ready to go in, in terms of that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. should be good fun. And, hey, so you're telling me that Kobe Bryant would probably be the best uh, NBL Supercoach player ever if, if missed shots aren't a negative, right? Mate, like if you just get like that high usage, that person that shits you to tears sometimes when they're on your team, when they're jacking absolutely everything, that is the guy you want. And his name is Bryce Cotton. <laughs> yes. Or uh, Jason Tatum, I, I realized last year in NBA fantasy. Uh, he, oh, fuck me. That guy did my head in. Uh, yeah. Or Julius Randall like, likes to, uh, likes to call himself a fucking shot creator these, uh, yeah. these days. Uh, yeah, he, he destroyed me. He destroyed my efficiency and, uh, field goal percentage last year. But anyway, Hey, that that's, that's good. I'm excited about NBL, mate. That's going to, that's going to be good to rip into. Um, yeah. but mate, let's, let's wrap up NRL. Uh, Josh, yep. Hey, where's Josh? Has he brought your beer in yet? That's the that's probably the most important question of the night. The worst thing is he's out there and the beer's in there, so he'd have to walk past to get it. So I just went and got my own. <laughs> got a little beer fridge there as well. That's got a fucking peppering through the season as well. Full credit to you. I think you probably you moved into that room maybe around around ten to twelve uh, this yep. year for for NRL, and uh, I reckon there's been at least sixty beers taken from that fridge in twelve rounds. <laughs> yep, and I've usually I'm usually double parked to start. 
Yes, love that. Love that. And and Skitty's on as well. Thanks for for Skitty for hopping on. Uh, Matrix looks too sober for a day that ends in Y. Hey, I'm with you. You do look a bit sober. You look more sober than me, which is a concern. It is a problem for the podcast. It just doesn't balance things out right. Usually I'm the sober guy and then you're the one that's on the fizz. I had a big wedding yesterday. (laughs) So you only started at midday instead of 10 a.m.? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, tough, tough. Um, Adam S, 714 from eight players after fucking up my VC. So just thought, ride the C on Tino first or Maliawi. Uh, not how I expect it to go, but it is what it is. What do you do? Yeah, fair call. Hey, uh, in round 27, mate, if you're not in the running for a th- top thousand, who gives a shit really, let's be honest. Uh, yep. Mark, hard year. So lots of lots to look at for next year. Head knocks, uh, plays out a couple of weeks, depending on category. Maybe in, so we're, we're, to, let's, we're moving into now uh, potential rule changes for Supercoach yep. next year. Maybe an extra AE or an 18th man Maybe a thought that you could then look harder at uh, better players for your bench. And this is the way I like uh, AFL Supercoach and the way that they do things is that they have an AE for each position. So you can go and pick four AEs. For your forwards, your midfields, your uh, your your backs, and your rucks, uh, you can go and put an AE. And then if one of your rucks, let's say, is out, and you've got the AE on another ruck, it actually makes the VC loop really easy to use. But secondly, yep. it makes it easier for you to have a little bit of a backup in position rather than only having one automatic emergency like NRL does. So uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm with Mark on this. I like that move. I wonder if there's like if your player gets a HIA, maybe you can swap them in and out for for someone from your bench or your AE that you've selected in that position, like your reserve spot in that position. You can sort of move them in. Something like that would work really well, I think. For sure, I like that. I like that. Um, on that topic, mate. Before we move on to the next comments or questions, are there any other scoring changes that you would make? Would you make forwards a little bit more scoring heavy? Would you uh, maybe would you reward attacking players a little bit more? Is there any scoring changes you'd make at all this year? Not really. I kind of liked where it was at a lot of the time. I think something that should be delved into, and I've never like, I suppose pretended to be a, um, I suppose a really deep analyst into the stats. I just follow follow the super coach scores. You can see quite clearly how they get their points when you're watching the game. But I think something should be done with hookers. Um, Like hookers can be very good and very impactful, but be very poor at super coach. I just think there's got to be a way in there um, to reward maybe, um, you know, maybe the try contributions can become a little bit easier um, for, for a hooker, you know, just selecting the right direction on a try or, or something like that. I just think, um, Attacking stats-wise, hookers aren't rewarded very well um, for what they do. So, Yeah, I like it. I like that. So maybe something along the lines of if they create a pass from dummy half that creates an overlap for their outside back or creates an overlap for their half or something like that, maybe they get a try contribution from that instead of just getting nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm all for it. I like it. I mean, for me, I don't really think that scoring needs to be changed. uh, Supercoach scoring has always been very attacking heavy anyway. If you go and play NRL Fantasy, like Nathan Cleary, mind you, is the best option in the game as a captain, and you can basically plug and play him as a captain in NRL Fantasy every single week. 
and he averages 80. So yep. it's kind of like the same as super coach like that. They reward kick meters and run meters and, and the run meters in NRL fantasy aren't even when you take a hit up. Like Nathan Cleary could run seven meters to the line and pass it, and he still gets seven meters as a running meter. Yep. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, there, there's a lot of things that Supercoach do well. I don't necessarily think you need to go and reinvent the game just because one gear things go a little bit skew if. Um, yeah. But in saying, that, I understand why people are starting to talk about this stuff. But no, I like it. I like the way the game's out at the moment. I think there are some some differences or some things that we can change. I think maybe solve uh, a problem solve for the final round. We talked about this earlier and you gave your thoughts on it are that we could do a best 13 for the final yep. round. And and maybe that's an option. Uh, I don't know whether it's the best option, but at this point in time, I think maybe there's a potential there to play top 13, like a major buy round in round 27. There, there's some positives to that in a sense that if this goes and happens again and we go and have fucking 15 17 players resting and and 15 of the top 30 players rested uh this works perfectly but what happens if it doesn't that's the question what happens yep. if everyone plays and you're playing a top 13 system <coughs> you you've got then your players that are you know real heavy on these guys like you you got Munster Grant Cleary Hines Pappy everybody else uh Ponga All of them, name them all. Uh, You've got these guys heavy on these guys, and they've done amazing trades throughout the year. They get penalised for that. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, I don't think it's fair that we go and penalise all of these teams that have done well and built bank and and all that kind of stuff. Another suggestion, actually, that I don't mind, and it was in our Discord. So, if you if you're not in our Discord, go and jump in. It's in the description below. The details are in there. The invites in there. So just click on the link down below. And jump in the Discord because it's a, a quality place and there's some really good discussion going on in there at the moment. Now, there there is some discussion in the Discord potentially uh, that, I mean, look, it, it's a little bit up in the air in terms of the way that I feel about it. Um, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It's actually skipped my mind because I was trying to remember it then and I've delayed time and now I've forgotten it. So don't mind (laughs) me. It's going to come back to me. Uh, It's going to come back to me. But I remember, I think it was Mark or might have even been Brent that mentioned it. So I'm going to come back to it i'm going to come back to it hey you you look it up uh, in the background yeah what are your lessons learned for this year what do you reckon are there anything i guess maybe that might have potentially you'd do different next year yeah i'm probably never going to get a guy uh, for a one-week cash grab ever again so even if that guy is a one-week cash grab and it's a dream buller not going to bother yeah, but it wasn't one week. Like that was over over like 
10 weeks. Um, when I got Greg Marju in for 590 and, and he made me 120K, um, maybe I should have just got him. Like his price rise was there for 120 because he was playing really good footy. I could have just had Greg Marju for the rest of the year and kept riding the wave. I feel like I was just trying to be too cute with it. I felt like I was just trying to, you know, outthink the room. Um, and okay. trying to set myself up for the season by getting all these cash grabs. I got in like Hosking and Sloan maybe that week as well. Um, just all these people, it just seemed to culminate in this one week of heaps of people making money. Um, yeah, I probably should have just kept Marju then after that. So, Yeah, look, uh, but you can say that Dream Bull is in the same category, right, can't you? Like, yeah. realistically, he could have been that guy that beans that one-week cash grab. Like... Yep. Greg Marju and Doreen Buller are in the same category. That that's yeah, my okay. opinion. Yeah. Um you, you know, get some right, you get some wrong, I suppose. Yeah, but, that's yeah. right. It's the same as any other trade move, personally. I think like you could have easily kept Greg Marju and traded Doreen Buller and you would have missed out on four hundred K versus yep. missing out on Greg Marju who made an extra how much when you moved him? Like what? And hundred and fifty K maybe? Two hundred K max? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you're taking it. It wasn't about better. the money. I feel like I paid 590K for someone and he could have got me points every single week, week in, week out. And I missed out on it because I was focusing on the dollars rather than just having a good player. Yeah, fair enough. What did the, I guess another question is, what did that cash get you? So I when, you, me, when you look at the it extra. It got me Garrick and Manu. I spent that money on Garrick and Manu, so. Hey, can't argue with that. Like, that's yeah. that's nice, you know. So, um, no, but I understand what you're saying. I, I remember we were having this conversation and you were like, oh, I'm going to bring in, I'm bringing in Marju. I'm going to take his 100K that he made in, in the first week that he's made cash and then I'm going to move him on. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I've never really kind of seen somebody approach it like that, but I, I yeah. don't hate it because yeah. the reason why I didn't hate it was because you got Garrick and Manu. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to look at what you get from it as well. Um, what yeah, about look, you? lessons learned. Lessons learned from me. I feel like maybe I just need to be a little bit more patient with moves in terms of like, I I felt really good coming into last week's grand final with two trades. I'm really proud of myself. Actually, usually I burn <laughs> my trades by around 22, 23 every single year. So th this year I held trades and I knew that it was going to be important. Uh, I ended up finishing third, which won me some cash in another league. And then I, I won a couple of head-to-head -head leagues. Uh, won a couple of uh, overall leagues as well this year due to holding those trades. So I'm, I'm happy with that. That's probably in terms of what I would do well uh, that I would try and replicate next year. I don't know. Lessons learned this year. It's, it's tough because, I mean, this is an unprecedented year, isn't it? It's yep. one of those years where this has never happened before in round 27. We've, we've never been caught this short. Um for me, probably less pods, less pods, less points to different players. Uh, and, and look, in reality, who knows what happens next year? I might get excited again and go and get Hudson Young in. But like, yep. it's guys like Hudson Young that the Hudson Young trade, I'd probably reverse. I, I would redo again. If I had a chance to go back in time and go, what's a trade, one trade you can pick this year that you would reverse and re redo, it'd be the Hudson Young trade. He didn't yeah. do anything for me. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, but I don't know whether I'd do it again. Yeah, and I wonder if we probably didn't delve into... I've been looking at some stats with the Raiders trying to work out where we did wrong. Um, 
sometimes I am a little bit more intelligent than I make myself sound, but like looking at the Raiders and like how many points they were actually scoring when we got Hudson Young, like we were high on Hudson Young's attacking upside when the Canberra Raiders didn't have any attacking upside. That's probably where we got wrong. We just sort of got excited about maybe getting like the guy that I wanted through this origin period suddenly become available. And I just got super excited. Hey, um, but yeah, there was no attacking upside with Canberra. They scored like 120 points in like 20 weeks or something. They've been scoring like six points a game. Um, why would you want somebody that only scores their points through attacking upside from that team? So good shout. Very good point. Um, mate, let's move on. There might be some talking points in the comments here. Uh, Bazaar, thanks for the gear, gents. I finished with a couple of cracking multis and a 1464 this week. Well done, Ooh. mate. That's that's a serious score. There are going to be some very big scores this week, I think, with DCE going massive, with the Manly putting on 54 against the Tigers. Like, the, there's going to be some t- some scores out there. I, I uh, kind of... I was lucky in, in terms of going with the captaincy or the VC with Ola Kawatu this week. That that pumped my score up this week. So anybody who backed in Tolu Kola, DCE, Jason Saab, Ola Kawatu, uh, you'd be in a great spot. And then you look at yep. Nathan Cleary, 149. Nico Hines, 121. Anybody who went, I wonder, I'd be very interested to have a look at the stats on who went Nico Hines to Sean Johnson about three weeks ago because there is a very good chance you're behind off that move. Yep. So that's super coach, isn't it? Um, yeah, and Luke Roden agrees, I guess, with us and what we've said that he thinks that this round of restings with a once off. Look, I think it's going to become a trend if I'm completely honest. I might go against Luke on this one. I, I reckon potentially around 27 or 26 or 28, whatever they fucking do with the comp. Uh, there, there's a very real chance that the final round of the year, if you're not in the running to either improve your ranking and get a home final or whatever it be, you end up resting your players. What What's the solve here for the NRL? Do the NRL get involved and do they do an NBA and go, hey, you can't rest your players on back-to-backs. You can't rest your players on nationally televised games. Do, do they go down that route or is there another solve? I tell you what, didn't Kevy give a big fuck you to the NRL and just let them know that the minor premiership means nothing this week? For me, I was really surprised. At that move, mm. I thought I thought the Broncos would want to come out and finish first, and yep. realistically, they'd play the Warriors this week instead of playing the Melbourne Storm. And now the Broncos have to play the Storm. And whilst they finish at SunCorp, so that's fine; it, it doesn't affect them playing at home. They have to play Melbourne instead of New Zealand, and we know that New Zealand are definitely not as good playing away from home as they are playing at Mount Smart. So yep. I don't know. I don't know whether that's a that's a, a missed kind of opportunity for Broncos. Yeah, it's it's going to be hard. Like um, if it means that our guys got the rest and that's what we need to get us through a grueling, I suppose, final series, um, it's going to look like a masterstroke. But I tell you what, if we get bounced next week and don't get a rest the week after, then, yeah, it's going to come back to haunt us. So. And also resting, we need to remember, creates – or, or and kind of doesn't enable momentum. And yep. I, I was listening to the boys talk about this, like Andrew Johns and, and Phil Gould and a few podcasts throughout the week. And they were talking about the fact that momentum is so important leading into finals. And now what you've done is you've 
stalled that. So the Broncos having a week off, you guys are playing some <coughs> fucking good football as a as a core unit, and now you've lost that momentum. So yep. uh, and you've had and you've had an L against the Melbourne Storm reserve grade team plus Pappenhausen. So it yep. kind, it kind of hurts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it hurts but, the squad regardless. But we are playing the Storm, who did exactly the same thing. So. You know what? It's going to be an even playing field next week. For me, I reckon Melbourne on top. That's that. My yep. opinion is they're coming off a W. They're coming off a win against you, and they're going to come into this into this game fucking red hot, feeling good about yep. their prospects and feeling good about the fact that they can knock you off this week, purely because they won Bowls this week bet. against you. <coughs> uh, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. I, I yeah. just pulled actually let's let's address the fact that I just want to bolt a bet against you. It's my first of the year. I reckon I owe you about four. But uh Tohu Harris finished on a sixty five point nine average this year, yeah. which means that I win that bolt a bet. It doesn't matter about the four that I've lost, it matters about the one that I've won. So yeah. All for it. You're only as good as your last bet. That's right. That's what exactly it says right. when you have to say gamble responsibly, right? You're only as good <laughs> exactly as your last right. bet. <laughs> Hundred percent. I did get a few good bets this weekend, actually. Hey, jump in my Discord. I fucking put them all in there. Jump in the Discord. Uh, you, you would have had a few wins with me. Um, and gamble responsibly, of course. Now, uh, any other lessons learned this year, mate? Or can we move on? No, nah, let's move on. All right. Watch list players for twenty twenty four. Who's on your watch list? Because. Who's uh there there's a good there's so many good players, there's so many good options coming into twenty twenty four. A lot of the full allotment of games this year. Uh there's a lot of players that potentially were injured leading up to the back end of the year, like Ryan Pappenhausen, who's gonna cop a discount this year. Who are you looking at? Yep. Ryan Pappenhausen's an interesting one, but probably an obvious one, so we'll leave him. Yep. Are there any so other players you, that you're gonna be in your first team? Let let me check the uh rules of this game first, because you messaged me while I was at dinner. Um, I went around to Dad's for uh, some pizza and to watch the uh, watch the Raiders game. Um, what are the rules? Like, I've got ten people written down. Can is you that, write? Is can that you too just many? Talk about all is of them? No. Yeah, no. let's talk Rip about in. all of them. Um, Dylan Edwards, five hundred and twenty k. The Penrith Panthers fullback, five hundred k for somebody of Dylan Edwards standard is absolutely crazy. He's a, even in a stacked fullback spot. Any comment? Fucking no. no, love that. Love that. I the only downside I think for Dylan Edwards is his playmaking. And but Andrew Abdo came out in the uh post match press conference when they gave the Penrith Panthers the uh minor premiership and he said that he had Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards, congratulations for 193 assists this year. And Dylan Edwards' face was like, what the fuck? So it, it's kind of funny. But um yeah. no, no, Dylan Edwards I like. I, I like him as an option. I just think maybe there's it's such a premium position. Teddy, yep. Turbo, Pappy, Latrell, Drinkwater. Like, who do, you can only pick two. Yep. And I'm okay with um, <laughs> going 500K on one of them. If I can get somebody for 500K that is going to get me enough points to play every week and is going to generate some cash, I'm okay to forego the second primo and use that money elsewhere, I think. So... Um, are you saying that your next year in 2024, Ryan Pappenhausen, Dylan Edwards could be your two fullbacks? Um, it actually could be Turbo and um, and Dylan Edwards, to be honest, at 750K with Turbo's average. Yeah, it could be that. I've just got to see how cheap Pappy 
comes in and how he looks this final series. Um, he's definitely going to come back and be good. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be sub 600K. Maybe I just spend that extra 100K and get turbo. And again, like, like you said, you're trying to stay away from pods, but turbo's injury history is going to come across as a negative to the casual fan. But if you remember turbo this year, every time he played, he was score, scoring fantastic points. He's somebody I want. Yeah. No, fair call. Fair call. Uh, I can tell you now, Ryan Pappenhausen will be in my team round one. Don't care. Yep. He'll be cool. sub 650 K. He will be in my team. And then it'll just determine who's going to be my second fullback this year. I'm not sure on that yet. Hey, well, we've also got Reese Walsh. We didn't mention who's a fucking yep. tear away. So like, there's so many <laughs> he, good options. You need to get it, it might right. Depend on the draw back. with him because he does have that low floor as well. I might see what happens. Yeah. Fair call. Who's your next one, mate? Um, I've got a couple of Broncos in here, a bit of a homer, um, but Dean Mariner and Xavier Willison uh, with the guys that the Broncos are losing in people like Flegler. Um, Xavier Willison's probably going to come into that starting lineup at 300K, and I loved what I saw from him this year. Well, I think we're losing um, Jensen as well um, across to yeah. the Titans. Um, and maybe Palacia. Um, yeah, we're losing plenty of forwards, and Xavier Willison is probably the reason we let a lot of those guys go. Uh, not that we could pay Legler like 800k a year, um, but Dean Mariner will, is going to come into um, Herbie Farnworth, another guy that went and got paid absolute bank. Um, and Dean Mariner in the games we saw was a jet. Um, really disappointed with the fact that he scored those three tries because he's going to be 400k instead of 300k. But hopefully that. Do- Deters a few people because I still think that he could be a 600K player. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, Dean Mariner has been cursed by the played more games than we expected to tag. Uh, So unfortunately, like, I mean, Mariner could have been like the most bought player in, in round one next year. Unfortunately, that won't probably be the case due to the fact that there's a good chance he ends up starting at around that 400 plus K mark. Um, yep. I still think he's worth having at that at that yep. price tag. Um, due to the fact that obviously Farnworth's moving on, he'll get that left center role in a good team. So, uh, and yep. we need to remember that, like, if if I can spend four hundred k to get a starting center that's going to be very involved on a good team, versus spending five hundred k on a on a bloke that's going to be, or even spending three hundred k on a bloke that's going to be very involved in a bad team, I'm taking the good team. Every single round, um, yeah. Like if you get if you get somebody from the Dragons or something at at two hundred and fifty k, um, that's starting. It's not going to be as good as getting a four hundred k bloke from the Broncos. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You said you had a pretty big list, mate. So let's let's move through them. What are your thoughts on the rest? Uh, Jack Bostock and um, and Tommy Flegler. Um, Tommy Flegler's 460K. Uh, Bostock's still a 200K bottom dollar bloke. Um, I just can see him playing a playing a role for the Dolphins next year. So maybe like Tessie New makes, um, makes the um, makes way there. Yeah, I think Bostock's great. What I've seen is that the, really is that the Broncos him. is that the Broncos fan kicking in going fucking Tessie New he left us. He's shit. Uh, he's no good. I've sung nothing but praises for Jermaine Osako this year. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He, he's he been good. 
Um, a couple of high-end blokes. Actually, I've already talked about Turbo. Um, but Fafita at 700K, he's 720K. I think that he's somebody that um, can be set and forget again this year. Probably shouldn't have traded him out when I did through the origin period. Um, yeah, be, would be really happy to get Fafita. Um, and actually, most of these guys are Queenslanders. Maybe it's just from what I get to watch on TV or what I um, what I hear about. Um, but uh, Cam Pereira, three hundred k. Like, he's a jet. You can get him at a at a good run. Um, I can definitely see him fluctuating between three and six hundred k at any given time. Um, yeah, I would be happy to get him at three hundred k at the start of the year and play him on situations. Um, Mo Fotowaka and Murray Talagi will both be just sub 500K um, on the current scoring system. And um, I think that's excellent value. I like all of them. Uh, Mo Fotowaka, I think the only thing that's stopping Mo Fotowaka from being a premium super coach option is Tino Faso Maliawi. Yep. That, that is it. Um, so with Timo, uh, Tino, Timo, T- with Timo, Tino. Timo, Timo, <laughs> we'll just we'll find a way for to say his name eventually. But with Tino uh, at the Titans, he's locked up his future there. He, yep. Ten years, a ten year contract or eight year contract it's or something ridiculous, so, bonkers, fucking insane. That is nuts. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't turn into the next Jason Taumalolo. Uh, Fuck me. If he locks himself up there and he's and he's sorted, that could be huge for the Titans. So, um, quality player. You can't, you can't not back him. And he's shown us this year that he is a very, very good super coach option regardless of what price he is. People wanted to buy yep. him at 820K. So that, that yep. says enough about Tino to be, yep, you've got to consider this guy year in, year out. And same with David yep. Fafita. Um, I think the one thing we need to be aware of is where their average finishes for the year. Um, Fafita, 81.8. So yeah. that means he's going to be priced around the 800 mark. So yeah, unfortunately, okay. yeah, if he finishes three, 400K or whatever, like AKP, uh, if he averages 450K, uh, if he averages 45.6, he averages, yep. uh, he gets started next year at about 430K. So yep. uh, well, it'll be very interesting to see what the hell or how they price players next year. Um, yep. So we'll keep an eye on that. And obviously, mate, when, when next year comes, when January opens up and you get the team picker in and, and the, the excitement about NRL picks in again, uh, we'll definitely be doing some shows as we did this year to lead into to next year and, and the thoughts on that. Maybe we'll be better this year because it's been a pretty cool year. This is the first year podcasting for us and uh, it's been a cool year and, and obviously we love the support everybody's given us and we love the Discord and, and everyone's ripping in. Uh, but we, hey, we got some things wrong this year from experience. So I'm very interested to, to see how we go next year and, and hopefully we're a little bit bigger and better next yep. season. Um, mate, Who let's, uh, hold on. I, I was just trying to piggyback off of you, to be honest with you. You've, um, <laughs> had a few good choices there, to be honest. Uh, I, I back you with all of them. Angus Crichton for me is probably the one and Sean Lane. Yeah. Those, those two are guys that have, uh, Probably not played the allotment of games we expected from them. Obviously, with Angus Crichton getting on the magic mushrooms at the start of the year, there's a, a few questions there on whether uh, he uh, is was in a good spot to start the year. I'm kind of glad he took some time off to get himself right. So that that's good. He came back strong. Um, but he came back off the bench. Yeah. So the minutes there weren't there for him. And Sean Lane just had an injury plague year. So those two guys could be my first two guys picked into RF. 
next year. Yep. I honestly could think that you'd start with both if they're both healthy. Uh, just to obviously depends on Angus Crichton's role. Sean Lane, we know, is going to be starting on the left edge outside Dylan Brown. That's that's an absolute no-brainer. Uh, we know that's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with Angus Crichton just because of the depth in the back row forwards that the Roosters have. They've got Egan Butcher. They've got Nat Butcher. Uh, they've got all, all sorts of edge back rowers. So in their team now. So Crichton yep. might not get re-signed, to be honest. Sua Wong should be the starting edge back rower in that team. He's a fucking jet, that guy. I'm a very yep. big fan of Sua Wong. I have... He gets picked. The problem with Sua Wong is he ends up getting priced at probably 500k plus. Do you want to pay yeah. that kind of money to get Sua Wong in your team in round one? For me, no, I don't. No. Um, but yeah, those two are the guys on my watch list, I think, at the moment. Um, obviously, guys like Jareem Buller and, and all of these amazing cash cows this year are going to be priced out of range, I think, for next year. You're not going to want to pick Jareem Buller at 550k, are you? Like, it, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, you'd rather you'd rather have a dig on somebody um somebody outside that can be your dream buller this year. Um I probably I go am gonna be staying away from the Tigers unless it's a cheapie. Even though Appy impressed me this year. Um if again, talking about lessons learnt, I didn't waste many trades on hookers, which was my plan, but finishing the season with Reed Money and Reese Robson was a bit gross. So maybe I just um Maybe I just get it right to start off with, trying not, not to get too cute with it. Yeah, and that's a really good point and something that's kind of prompted me for something I had written down is is uh, overthinking the buy period and trading out guns. Because yep. when you, we did it, we traded out Nico, that didn't really work. We didn't get ahead. If we go and do the math and go and look at the stats, we didn't get ahead on that move. We get a, we got ahead on Nathan Cleary because he was re, he was luckily injured for six weeks, so we had that move available to us. But we didn't get ahead on trading Harry Grant out, which is a big regret for me. Harry Grant next year, and excuse me, the one lesson that I that I have taken from this year is that Harry Grant is your must-have hooker every single year. No yep. one goes close to Harry Grant. I don't care if he can do 30 or 40 one week, he'll get you 140 the next. So Harry Grant needs to be in your team next year, round one. I don't care what he costs, 700, 800, 900. Don't give a shit. Don't care. You need to have him. Um, that, for, for me, I think we got a bit cute with trading David Feeder out as well. Yep. You know, and, and you've got to look at what you can do with your team, I guess, at that point. Does it create two extra upgrades? by getting David Feeder out during that time period. Okay, great. Maybe you, maybe you consider it, but we look at what David Feeder did at the start of the season. The guy was two RF one when we're talking yep. NFL terms. Um, you know, like he, he was the best two RF in the comp and we're trading him out because he was going to go and play for or play state of origin and potentially be arrested. And then he dropped two hundreds on us. Yep. So, you know, it hurt non-owners there. He had six hundreds in a row or something crazy at one stage. Didn't he like, yeah, absolute jet. Um, I did the same with Val as well. Um, just got cute with the buy period. So, yeah. Hey, lessons learned. That's that's the beauty of this year. But I won't be getting as tricky or as cute with it during Origin period. I think I'll just ride my Origin <laughs> guns, knowing that they're going to repay me at the back end of the year. And yeah. and look, this year's a bit different. Cam Munster, Harry Grant rested. Fucking every man and their dog got rested. Even their dog's dog got rested in round 27. And it's it's hard to look at this year and go, oh, that's going to happen every year. We don't know that's going to happen every year. But look, there's a good chance maybe it does. So you've got to keep some trades. 
and we've said it all fucking year. Every, yep. uh, all year, we've said it on the pod. Keep your trades around 25 to 27. You will need them. So for anybody who didn't keep their trades for that period, I don't feel sorry for you at all. We've warned you all year. And every, every podcaster has warned you all year that this was going to happen. Um, I think we just need to be a bit more patient with our moves next. Me, me having two trades for round 26 uh, was not something that I've really had with Supercoach before. So, Yeah. And, and you knew you needed them. Yeah, and imagine if you didn't, and and also grand finals are a big play. Like if you're in a couple of head to head grand finals, it's you've got to keep those trades. You've got to keep your moves available to you. And I'm glad I did this year. It won me a couple of head to heads, head to head grand finals this year. I'm not usually a head to head player, but it it got me a couple this year. Yeah. Um, mate, we haven't really touched on any of the games this week. I don't really feel like we need. No one really cares. Like no one. Everybody's looking to next year or looking to NBL or BBL. So do you want to give us a rundown on what's happening at Insight Fantasy Sport at the moment, mate? Um, mate, like we we had a really good chat before about the fact that um Robbie K from the AFL show is coming into the NBL studio with me. Um, the NRL and the AFL show where uh we're playing swingers this um this off season. Um, yeah, we're we're switching partners up. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited for what you guys are going to be pumping out at at BBL. Um, you were a yeah, yeah, you, you had a couple of cricketing contracts back in the day. So um, yeah, you know you cricket. Um, and, uh, those that can't do teach when it comes to basketball and, um, yeah, I'm basketball coach because I am too fucking small and too fucking slow. So there's that. I mean, Hey, with, with Muggsy Bogues did okay. <laughs> he did okay for himself. But the thing is he was very quick. So, uh, it doesn't matter if you're five foot four, if you're a fucking demon on yep. the, on the courts, but, uh, I'm a pest. no, no, I'm, I'm an absolute <clears throat> pest. I can imagine you would be, mate. It's uh, there's no doubt about that. Everybody that listens or watches every single week would definitely know that as well. Um, yeah, a couple of cricketing contracts back in my day, but mate, that was about ten, eleven years ago now. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we go. I love my baby. I love my cricket. I know my cricket pretty well. Um, but yeah, looking at hopping into the studio with uh, Big Mickey Dell, the big horse, and uh, from the AFL show at the back end of the year we're gonna so obviously the the bbl draft for anybody who follows bbl was tonight it's now. so i'm really looking really looking forward to kind of dissecting that and having a look at rosters and things like that so if anybody wants to kind of get an early look on that we're going to do a show recapping the bbl draft having a look at where players dropped and where the potential is for pickups early in the year so keep an eye out for that in the next fortnight or so but um yeah, yeah very exciting mate and you're pretty heavily involved in the nba as well yeah, it should be mentioned that we do a daily NBA show. Um, I would say fantasy-wise, NBA's been my passion. Um, living, living in Queensland and being a Broncos season season ticket holder and everything has allowed me to um, to have the knowledge to do an NRL show. I, I love that as well, but I would say basketball's probably my passion and, um, and uh, NBA fantasy, um, I know inside and out. So... Um, Come on, have a tin with us over there. Um, Matty G's been doing some really good work there as as well. Um, I think like being being a daily show, I uh, won't always be able to hop on together every day. Um, but yeah, I'll be doing three shows a week. Uh, G be doing three shows a week, and um, yeah, some of you other boys will help along the way who perform really well in the um, in the fantasy comes to being in with you also. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'll chip in here and there with NBA and NBL and whatever else, but like it's uh yeah, I'm gonna leave it to the experts. You guys have uh 
won many comps. You're in the Champions League for the ball page last year. It's worth giving a shout out to the guys in the ball page and to Carmore specifically as well. Those guys do an incredible job. They've got, what, 10, 11, 12 leagues or something this year. It's fucking insane the amount of leagues that Carl runs. 20 man leagues. Crazy as well. Like, they've, you know, if you've got 400 people, 350 people involved in the league every single year, and the poor bloke has to coordinate it all every year, put up with us pests. Um, so good on Carl for, for keeping that running. For anybody who wants to get involved in NBA fantasy or, or get into a league or whatever, jump in our Discord because we're going to start to uh, work out leagues and, and numbers and things like that in the coming weeks. So that will start to ramp up very, very soon. Um, but, mate, any any things you want to wrap up with? Anything you want to kind of mention before we finish this one off? NRL done for the year. Yeah, it's done. If if I had any thanks apart from um, you being a great co-host and trying to keep me organised and on track every week, um, it's probably like, and I don't want it to sound like a plug for the standard squeeze. Um, squeeze were just a company that got on us really early. Uh, we probably weren't at a phase where. I suppose our viewers and and our content really we we probably shouldn't have been getting a sponsor at that point and they they popped in and believed in us and um helped us be where we are today um has helped us out with some with some swag to start off with and um and has helped us along the way so um yeah just just like one of those companies that that believed in us and has really helped um throughout the year so yeah shout out to Ash and the guys at Squeeze so. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Now, Insight Fifteen is your code. Get yourself fifteen percent off. Go and grab some stuff. If you're if you're a guy, if you're a father that uh, father on Father's Day you want to treat yourself. Uh, first of all, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, you know. Secondly, if you want to treat yourself, you want to grab yourself something, or you want to maybe slide over to the missus, the standardsqueeze.com, and you want to say, Hey, here's a here's a Insight Fifteen. Here's a code. Get me something. Get me something nice. Um, you can do that too. The guys will look after you. Um, Fuck, you're dying, man. We better wrap I'm nearly, this up. I'm nearly dying. My th- actually, I'm very proud of myself that my fucking, my uh, speech held out. I did all right. Yep. My voice held out for the whole episode. So uh, I'll take it. I'll take it and run. Mate, let's wrap this bad boy up. Guys, first of all, we want to thank you. Thank you for, for everybody who hopped on every single week. You know, we've got guys that have honestly hopped on, hopped in the comments every single week, nonstop for 27 weeks, plus all the preseason stuff we've done. We really appreciate all the support. Um, you guys have, and obviously to all the winners and to everybody who's done really well, if you've won the head-to-head comps, if you won your overall total points comps, or if, you, if you've if been you in the league with us. Yeah. If you want to squeeze, absolutely. So, like, for everybody who's done really well, congratulations. Good on you. Um, crack a 10. You know you know we will. Um, but for everybody who's got involved, you make the podcast at the end of the day. Like, we don't get the interaction. We don't get the viewers. We don't get the people hopping on every week. It, no, nothing really happens for us. So we really appreciate all the support that everybody's given us. If you haven't yet, please hop in the Discord. Please hit subscribe. Please hit like. If you're listening to us on audio, please follow and leave us a review uh if everybody missed the or if you're not an nba guy matty g is actually uh announced a very very exciting promotion that we're doing to get us to a thousand subscribers on youtube as well so for anybody who wants to win themselves a personalized nba jersey all you need to do is go and find the recent mock draft video that g did with adam king uh it's a recent one i think it would have been the one that launched this morning uh so go and 
basically comment your name on that one and you go in the running to win. And when we reach 1,000 subscribers, you could win yourself an NBA jersey that has your own name on the back, your own size, and your own personalized team that you follow. So pretty cool, pretty cool thing that the boys at the NBA are doing. I'm really annoyed because I, um, I didn't want people to get their own personalized jersey. I want them to get a personalized jersey of Matrix um, with 69 on the back and no one <laughs> liked my idea. So <laughs> fuck you guys. It's, it's probably because you've got 69 on the back. I already like the idea of Matrix on the back, except, yeah, then you go and put the 69 on. It's uh, <laughs> typical Matrix, but uh, that's okay. That's all right. Hey, I'm looking forward to Robbie K getting involved with you. He's going to get a fucking rude shock, I reckon. He's used oh, to fuck. Mickey Dell, the big yeah. horse. He's going to be like, oh, that's all right. Mickey Dell, he's pretty straighty 180. And then you're going to hop in the studio and just be the fucking ruthless man that we know you are. But um, I'm looking forward to the swingers party that we're going to have in spite. It's going to be good fun. But guys, thank you for hopping on. Thanks for getting involved. We appreciate it. The podcast isn't anything without our viewers, but we look forward to bringing you all things NBL, NBA and BBL super coach moving forward until then you've been listening to the insight fantasy sports podcast. We'll catch you later. See ya.